Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What's Up Downtown podcast. I'm Nate Wendt, your guide to all things St. Charles and your very best friend. Coming to you from our new podcast room, and we are hoping everyone is having a great day and is enjoying the final weeks of summer as we start to transition into the busiest time of the year, fall. We are going to have our hands full of great events this fall, starting off with Jazz Weekend on September 12th through the 15th. It's going to be a great weekend to enjoy a variety of jazz music at all the great venues here in St. Charles. Speaking of Jazz Weekend venues, I'm joined here in the studio with Mario Grotto, owner of Vintage 53, a wine bar here in downtown St. Charles. They are also participating in Jazz Weekend, so very excited about that. We asked Mario to come in today to talk about Vintage 53 and his experiences with Jazz Weekend. We'll start off with a nice and easy question for you, Mario. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nate. Thanks. Awesome. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day to be having a podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, how long have you been in St. Charles? Family, things you like to do, things like that. Uh, yeah, I've been in St. Charles uh, since about 2010. I grew up in Geneva, uh, and I've owned Vintage 53 for going on three years now. Um, when I'm not doing that, I'm yeah hanging out with family, friends, uh, catching up on sleep, uh, playing some video games, or just kind of exploring St. Charles. Heck yeah, I love it. And I do remember the, the Geneva one because I did get in trouble once for at a board meeting when they were talking about the St. Charles football team, and, I, <laughs> and they're playing Geneva, and I said, go Geneva! Yep, and then I everyone looked back. at me like I was uh, ostracized. Mario came up to me after the meeting and was like, I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, awesome. So uh, what are some things that you like about downtown St. Charles? Oh, I, currently I love the momentum that downtown St. Charles has. Uh, I feel like we're really in the midst of a growth spurt, and I'm excited to be right in the middle of it all. Uh, it's also a really diverse downtown area if you take the time to explore it a bit. Uh, other than that, the, the people, uh, the businesses themselves are great, but the owners and the operators uh, they're some of the best people I know. Uh, they bring all the life to downtown St. Charles. Okay. All right, so are you pretty close with people on First Street since, you know, that's where uh, Vintage 53 is located at? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we all kind of opened up, in my building at least, uh, we opened up within a few months of each other. Mm -hmm. uh, so the owners of uh, Brunch Cafe and uh, Kilwins, we all kind of went into <laughs> into this together. Uh, and slowly I've met uh, some of the neighbors, uh, Jill from across the street. And, uh, yeah, it's been great. It's been great. Yeah, it's nice to have that community be able to say, you know, kind of have that support system. Be like, hey, you know, this is, you know, be able to talk about all the things in St. Charles and, you know, be a part of a larger community. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Yep. So this is the, the, the big question that we like to ask everyone that comes on the show. So if you were king of St. Charles for a day, what would be your first proclamation and why? <laughs> Well, can't say I haven't thought about that before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say I, I would probably proclaim that the last weekend of the month is shut down First Street and have a street fair weekend. Ooh, I like uh, it. I think First Street would be would be perfect for that. Uh, do some live music. Uh, all the restaurants can have eating outside and uh, sidewalk sales. And I've talked to a few other business owners, and we all think that'd be a great idea for First Street. Yeah, absolutely. So last weekend of the month. So that whole weekend. The whole weekend. Okay. Yep. Shut down First Street weekend. <laughs> I like it. And if you could have, like, a performer come down, like, if you could shut down the whole street, like, what would you envision would be, like, if, if there was a band that was to come and perform or something like that, what would your highlight, like, if you're like, we could bring in ACDC from the, <laughs> the 60s or something? like. Um, well, if we're talking past or present, I would definitely say Frank Sinatra. But okay. currently, uh, I would probably pick either Dave Matthews, uh, 
maybe Zach Brown. That'd be awesome. Oh, I would love Zach Brown. <laughs> oh, that would be terrific. I love it. <laughs> he, he'd do it. I, I'll give him a call. Yeah. I mean, and that's I am what, king after all, right? Right. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's what I love about that, that question. You know, that's another great answer. It's just that it's so community oriented and really focuses on, you know, bringing St. Charles together as a whole. So I love it. I love it. So uh, let's get into talking about Vintage 53. So uh, tell us a little about uh, some information, you know, where you guys are located. We talked about how you guys are at fr- on First Street, um, your hours, and such like that. Yeah, we are uh, on First Street. Uh, our hours are Tuesday through Thursday from 4 to 10, uh, Friday and Saturdays, uh, 4 to midnight. And we're best known for pouring uh, every wine on our list by the glass. Uh, we we like people to explore uh whatever they want, really. Uh, we want people tasting stuff and trying things they normally uh, wouldn't try, and maybe they don't want to spend you know, the money on a glass or bottle. So we want uh, people to be able to try whatever they want. Um, we also do have a great craft beer selection, uh, and in my completely biased opinion, some of the best <laughs> cocktails in the city. Um, and our food menu is pretty eclectic. Uh, we've always been kind of known as the go-to spot for the cheese and charcuterie. But l- lately our flatbreads are actually the big stars. Okay, uh, They're now completely build-your-own, and I prepare them on a new pinza dough, uh, so they're bigger and more like pizza. Okay. And I have to give a shout-out to the Tin Seafoods. Uh, they're becoming one of my personal uh, favorite, <laughs> favorite menu items. Okay. So you talked about some of the best cocktails in the city. So what are what are some cocktails that you know you guys are able to serve up? I think our smoked old-fashioned. Okay. Uh, that, that's when we get the most uh, compliments on. Okay. And, yeah, my bartender, John, does a, a stellar job. Uh, with he's very classic in in his uh, mixology, uh, so he doesn't go too crazy. Uh, he does everything very true to uh, what the drinks are supposed to be, and okay. I really appreciate that about uh, about him. Yeah. So smoked old fashioned. So how how does how does it? Because I'm familiar with the old fashioned, but how mm-hmm. does it get to the the smoked title? <laughs> so we uh, we have cedar planks, and okay. we use uh, an apple wood uh, that we soak in bourbon, and then while uh, while John's preparing other stuff, he lights the applewood and cedar plank on fire okay and once it's lit he'll put a glass over it and the smoke will just smolder inside the glass for a while uh, and then he mixes a drink and pour it and wow. puts it in the glass so you you get all that the smoky uh, applewood cedar smell huh. with the with the drink it's interesting it's awesome. so if, I, if you guys haven't tried it yet you know where to get your uh, <laughs> smoked old-fashioned <laughs> But uh, also, let's talk about the the wine a little bit. Um, so, what sort of wines do you sell? You know, I looked at you guys' menu on your website, and it was pretty pretty extensive for that mm-hmm. wine list. Yeah, we have wines from all over the world. Um, we do, we tend to change things a lot too. Uh, my vendors bring in things, and uh, I like to keep things fresh and and changing. Uh, while still keeping some of the the favorites on the list, most of the stuff we have is not really uh, doesn't have a big presence. Okay. Uh, there are some familiar faces on there for uh, for people that like their go tos, but I try to try to carry stuff that's a little bit off the beaten path and let people step out of their comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any like uh, specific brands or bottles that you would recommend for anyone that's you know trying to get off the beaten path a little bit? Yeah. Or? Right now, I'm really into our our Manzanilla. Uh, we just okay. added it a few weeks ago, uh, and it was kind of a compliment to the big push on the tin seafoods that I'm doing. Uh, the Manzanilla is a dry Spanish sherry, and it goes really well with our tins. Uh, all of our tins are imported from Portugal and Spain, and these kind of go hand in hand. So it's a it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So tell us a little about the history of Vintage 53, you know, uh, kind of the process of opening a business along First Street and some of the things that you've learned along the way since opening up. Yeah, so I had an initial vision of what I wanted Vintage 53 to be. Um, and when we opened, I noticed that our clientele, they kind of had a different vision of what they wanted Vintage 53 to be. Okay. Uh, so I was able to stay pretty true to what I wanted, uh, but I also had to learn to be flexible and and kind of uh, change according to what my customers wanted. Right. Um, so things like adding TVs to watch the Cubs game. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've, I've held my uh, my ground on that. We won't be adding any TVs. Uh, but we did. We only opened. We only had uh, wine, and we were getting a lot of requests for beer and cocktails. And right. uh, we were noticing people would come in with groups. Uh, and if one person wanted a martini, the whole group of 10 would leave. Uh, so, so stuff like that I, I noticed pretty quickly. And we added beer about three months after we opened. And I think we added cocktails uh, probably about eight months after we opened. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so there was a little bit of uh, a shift there in, in what we were offering, uh, but we kept everything uh, pretty similar as far as being slightly elevated. You know, our wine list, uh, I'm really proud of, uh, and we carefully select the, the beers we bring in, and then our cocktails are all very good. Uh, and the same kind of went for the food. Uh, our food menu has had a little bit of an identity crisis over the years. Right. We thought there was a big demand for small plates and tapas and we noticed the flatbreads were always out selling all the small plates okay so we, we were doing lots of small plates and i was like you know what people are really gravitating towards the flatbreads we're doing and that's why i've shifted into doing all the, the build your own and pulling back a little bit on the small plates and not becoming a pizza place but definitely putting a big emphasis on our flatbreads and making them bigger and better and build your own. And right. so far the, the, the feedback's been great. Yeah. Cause I would, from, from my personal opinion, I would see, you know, the flatbreads would be the, the nice option because, you know, usually when you get a bottle of wine um, or get a glass of wine, you know, it usually hits you pretty quick. So you're like, I just need something to kind of take mm -hmm. the, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the edge off a little bit. So, you know, I could see that, that flatbread being really popular because, mm -hmm. you know, the small plates are great. You know, they have a lot of flavor. They have a lot of stuff. But I think sometimes people just want something that will help fill the stomach up a little bit. So yep. <laughs> Yeah, and they're, they're definitely bigger. Uh, they're about twice as big as our old flatbreads. Okay. Uh, so they, they can definitely fill. I mean, me and my staff will split one, and we'll be good for most of the night. Uh, whereas before, they probably be a more of a personal size. Um, but yeah, we got uh, we just got our shipment of boxes in. Actually, you're hearing it first here. I'm going to be on <laughs> a DoorDash within the next couple of days. Awesome! And we'll be doing our flatbreads uh, delivery. That'd be great! Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Though no bottles of wine with that though. Not yet. I, I asked. <laughs> you know, I, I checked with them, and they said that uh, by the end of the year they hope to be able to deliver. Uh, Alcohol. Now, I'm not sure. I have to see what the city, you know. Yeah, because I remember they were talking about right. that a little bit ago. That was in discussion. Yep. So. so we'll see. Fingers okay. crossed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then you also talked about some of the live music that you guys have because you, you know, besides Jazz Weekend, you know, you guys tried to have performers like during the weekends or when are when are the when are the best times coming for some live music for you guys? Yeah, so we've been doing live music since we opened. Uh, we do it every Friday and Saturday from eight to eleven. Okay. Uh, we do have a couple of regulars uh, that are on a uh, a residency. Uh, like I said, Henry JBC, he's at my place every uh, the second Saturday of the month. Uh, we have Brent Brown, who's at uh, Vintage the third 
Friday of the month. Okay. Uh, so there are a few people that we have uh, at set intervals like that. Right. Uh, but there are some weekends where we keep them open to bring in some new talent. Uh, we just added uh, Leo Fran. Uh, okay. He was uh, a newer one. But yeah, we, we tend to keep it uh, relatively low key. We, we learned early on that the big open space does not do well with large <laughs> right, yeah. bands and drums and yeah. uh, things of that nature, which is another thing I love about Jazz Weekend because we feel we can be a little bit louder. Uh, people come looking for some good jazz. So right. like Riley will bring a five, six piece band with them and they can rock out horns, saxophone, everything. And I feel like we can get away with that jazz weekend because people are looking to enjoy some jazz. Right. Uh, but normally on the weekends, we tend to just bring in solo acts, uh, a couple of a couple of duos, uh, but normally acoustic. So it's still, you can still converse and enjoy your visit. It's not overpowering. Uh, yeah. We had to wean through some, some, uh, rock and roll bands early <laughs> on that were knocking people's glasses over. But uh, yeah. yeah, we fine-tuned it pretty well. Yeah, I think it'd be, you know, a little hard for, you know, I love your guys' space, but the the rock and roll bands, I mm-hmm. think, would, I would be sitting there and be like, what? What yeah. are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, no, I, I love that. Um, so how did you decide on the current location for Vintage 53? Was there any uh, contenders in there? Was there any uh, – was it was that the original choice or <laughs> – uh, No, that actually wasn't. Uh, I was parked on First Street uh, going to see a different space. It was an, an opening spot on Main Street. Okay. And I went to look at it, and I actually spoke to the, the owner of that building uh, after I looked at the space. And I thought it was going to be great uh, – and I was immediately turned down. All the person I had to hear was the word bar. And <laughs> it was, nope, I'm not renting to a bar. And I, I completely respect that. Um, but I, you know, I mentioned that we're not going to be the typical bar. We're not right. loud and rowdy and, you know, like that. So I was like, well, you know, it's it's going to be more of a wine bar, more of laid back atmosphere. And it was still a no. So I uh, put my tail between my legs and was walking back to my <laughs> car. And, and I saw they had just broken ground on first street for the building uh, that I'm currently in now. Yes. And I was parked across the street from there. So as I was walking to my car, I saw the the number on the the banner or the the sign at the fence or something and and I called and I was like, "You know, what's what's this going to be? What you know, what's what's going to be going here?" And and they told me it was going to be mixed use and a possible restaurant and right. it made it a little more difficult because when I met with uh, the owners and and I had to pick my space, there wasn't a space for me to walk through and for me to to see how the place was going to be set up. It was, you know, your bar is going to be from that pile of rocks over to that, you know, piece of, of dirt on the floor. And it, it was it was difficult to kind of think about the, 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 the size of the building itself right. and how to design it because I, I couldn't be in the space until – months after I had already signed the lease. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was that like was, you know, building it with it. Like you had the um, foundations, like or you had the castle in the sky, but then mm-hmm. trying to build the foundations, you're like, well, how do I build the foundations without really seeing this space? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a bit of a challenge. Uh, and that's kind of what uh, led to a couple of the restrictions in the kitchen, just being a little smaller than right. I thought it needed to be. Okay. Uh, not coming from any sort of restaurant background, I thought my kitchen was going to be big. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't until I hired my first chef. And the building was pretty much done. Uh, the skeleton was done at that point. So we were able to walk through it. And he's standing in this, the tape square of where my kitchen was going to be. And he's looking at me like, 
this can't be the whole kitchen. <laughs> I'm like, this is the whole kitchen. <laughs> yep. um, so yeah, so so that that was. Uh, I feel like if I was in a a pre-established restaurant or, or business, I would have been able to visualize. Okay, this needs to be a little bigger. Uh, but just doing it on paper, everything looks bigger on paper. So right. I was like, that's going to be a huge kitchen. <laughs> We're going to be able to do so much, and and it's been a little restricting. And that's, uh, but it's been fun because I've had to adapt to uh, making things work. And uh, a lot of people are actually really impressed with the quality of food that we can do yeah. out of such a limited kitchen. Yeah, I mean, the space that you guys have there is, it's immaculate. It's a very mm-hmm. nice space and, you know, kudos to you for designing that. Like for me, for example, I have to like see the space in order to do, I can't right. be like, huh, yes, I'm going to have this tier, that there, and, <laughs> you know, and then then get to the space and be like, oh, wait. <laughs> Photoshop was a big help. Oh, was, yeah. I'm actually really good in Photoshop. So I was able to uh, almost uh, render the place pretty accurately, actually, to what it turned out to be. Right. Actually, I think I have a post on my on my uh, Facebook page of the rendering I did and then a picture of the bar uh, when we opened. Okay. And they're surprisingly close. It was, it was oh, actually awesome. pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> there have been a couple of changes I've had to do. Uh, we closed last year for a bit and... I uh, repainted the walls. We went with okay. a, almost like a faux cement uh, look on the walls. When we originally opened, they were completely olive green. And the swatch, you know, the little one-inch by one-inch swatch, it was a nice color on the swatch. But once the entire room was that color green, uh, it got kind of dungeness at night. Okay. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of uh, of lightness to the, the room. Uh, so I learned that afterwards, and you know we closed down for a couple of days, and I had the place repainted and right. Uh, I'll brighten it, it looks, up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, looks good. <laughs> we're closing in a couple of weeks again, uh, and I'm going to have the same painter come back in, and she's going to do uh, some some murals in the bathrooms, and it's going to it's going to be awesome. And that's going to be great. Yeah, it's awesome. And we'll be right back after this short break. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Break Between the Podcast. This is Nate Wendt, your guide to all things St. Charles and your very best friend. So we are continuing our special series of the Break Between the Podcast, where now we have our second intern, uh, Kelly Rinker, uh, joining us here in the office to talk about her internship this summer. So, so Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you? Um, yeah, can't complain. It's Wednesday. Yep. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, we wanted to bring in Kelly to talk a little bit about her internship experience, get to see some insights into what it's like to be an intern here at the now St. Charles Business Alliance. So, Kelly, tell us a little bit about what you did this summer and you know some of your favorite projects, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was more of a marketing research intern for the Business Alliance this summer. Um, I had a great experience with it. Um, mainly what I, I did a lot of computer work, um, taking notes and looking up different kinds of things to help promote um, the Business Alliance, um, but specifically, you know, the Scarecrow Fest um, and the Fine Art Show, which we've taken on this year um, since the merge. But I've been doing a lot of research, um, and besides that, I've done some projects for writing a newsletter. Yep, um, which turned out great. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily turned out okay, I think. Um, And then writing a press release um, and overall just helping with um, small projects here and there. Okay. 
Yeah, no, we you did a great job this summer. So Thank you. I'm sure everyone in the office shares that sentiment. So, um, so what was some of your favorite things to work on, or what were some of the things that you really liked researching about? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what was really fun was actually looking up. Um, some information about the fine art show what I had to do there was um, find ways to better recruit um, artists Um, I've never done that before I've never really um, had to you know look up any of that kind of information before so it was it was different um, and I uh, was just able to create some notes and I think that was that was pretty fun Um, even with the Scarecrow Fest as well I've been a resident of St. Charles for my whole life for 20 years and um so I've, I've been to Scarecrow Fest myself, but it was nice to kind of look behind the scenes right. um, of it. So that was that was fun as well. Good, mm-hmm. good. So anything that you will miss about the internship or uh, anything like that? Yeah, um, just the whole aspect of the Business Alliance. Um, I've created great relationships with all of the coworkers, and I think that that's something I'll miss because I've, I've learned from, from all of you guys. Which you're all, you guys are all such great leaders, so I think that I've... I've, um, I'll definitely take that into heart because that was very special for me. Okay. Wow, I might need a tissue after that one. <laughs> Just kidding. But, um, no, we, we share the same sentiment. You were, like I said, you've been awesome this summer, Kelly. We're going to miss you as well. So. Thank you. And so, Kelly, where will you be heading back to school to and what year will you be going into? Um, I am entering my senior year at Olivet Nazarene University. Okay. And mm-hmm. what are you studying? I'm studying uh, marketing, and I have a concentration in corporate relations. Cool. Yep. Awesome. That's going to be great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Here's the big question, though. <laughs> if you were queen of St. Charles for a day, you know, you said that you've been a lifelong resident, so if there's any one thing that you could change, mm-hmm. what would be your first proclamation and why? Well, it might not seem that, I guess, interesting, but looking from behind the scenes and working for this business, I think that if I was queen for one day, um, I've seen the relationships that all of the businesses have made together. Um, so I think that I would make like every Friday of the first month or of, of every month um, have just like a mixer day in the afternoon. A just mixer have day. everyone like chill, have drinks, um, and just kind of all of the businesses come together and create better relationships with one another. Oh, man. I like that one. That one good. Uh, I'm sure that <laughs> Jenna would give you a giant hug right now oh, if she yeah. could too. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a that is a good one. And of course, it's all it's all like apple juice and oh oh and yeah, soft non alcoholic. <laughs> 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 Terrific. So okay, I like it. So that's all we got for the break between the podcast. Thank you again, Kelly, for coming in. Like we said, gonna miss you a lot, but great job this summer. And let's get right back into the podcast. So then let's also talk about Jazz Weekend, too. So, you know, you're one of the venues listed, uh, and I know you've participated in the past, so what? tell us a bit about Jazz Weekend and, you know, what makes you want to be a part of the event, favorite things about the weekend, and some of the favorite musicians that you've had. So we'll start with the, the first one. What makes you want to be a part of the event? Um, I like being a part of it because it's, it's, it's citywide, and you feel like you're a part of something that the whole city is doing, and that's really right. exciting. And I love that there are more and more venues being added every year, uh, it's really fun to watch that, and especially ones that don't usually do live music, because uh, we do music every weekend on Friday and Saturday, so right. we just switch up that we're doing jazz this weekend, but there are a lot of venues that I see being added that are 
not necessarily spots that you're used to seeing jazz at or live music in general. So it's great seeing and having it uh, kind of spill over into all those other businesses. Right. It's really cool. Yeah, it's kind of that, again, back to the community, like how, you know, you get to be a part of something bigger and like feeling, you know, everyone's getting to do this and, and is really enjoying it mm-hmm. from what it sounds like. So yeah. is there any favorite thing that you have about the weekend besides the, the community like coming together for it? Um, yeah, no, we've uh, we've been able to find some really uh, great, interesting performers. Uh, it actually got me in touch with uh, Riley Elmore. Uh, he was a, a contestant on The Voice on NBC, and he's been with us the past uh, two years, and he's going to be joining us again this year. So that's been oh, fun that's awesome. uh, connecting with him and having him come out. He's kind of like a young Frank Sinatra. And like I said earlier, you know, Frank's one of my idols. So it's uh, it's been fun watching a, a really young kid. Well, I didn't say kid. He's probably <laughs> 18 or 19 now. But it's been fun watching him perform uh, and have yeah. so much soul and inspiration from somebody uh from generations past. It's great. Okay. And you said that he'll be performing again this year? Um, yeah. Yeah. He'll be okay. here uh, on the Friday of Jazz Weekend. Okay. Uh, we're actually kicking off on Thursday uh, with Shady Play. Okay. Uh, they'll be playing 7 to 10. Uh, Riley will be back with his band on Friday. And then one of our regulars, actually, uh, Henry JBC, uh, he plays the second Saturday of the month, uh, every month at our place. And he's actually going to be doing a full jazz set. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's, it's awesome because he's. He's a really, really talented musician, and he's one of our favorites. And he's going to be doing all the uh, all the jazz on a Saturday night. So it's uh, it'll be fun to have him there on his normal weekend, right? But doing something totally different. And he's going to be bringing a couple other musicians with him. So okay, yeah, because we we had Riley and uh, Jack Macklin in on the podcast last year for the oh, jazz yeah, weekend episode, right. and he. Uh, he gave us a little song at the end. Man, he he's got quite the voice. Yeah, he is yeah. he is very good set of pipes. <laughs> yes, he's very talented. Like, you know, back then our equipment was not as good as it is now. Right, and right. he still sounded great through it. So I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, is there any wines that you would recommend or any of the uh, drinks they provide that you would recommend to go with mm-hmm. uh, some jazz music uh, at your uh, venue during whenever all the performers are going? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's really no wrong wine to drink uh, while listening to jazz. Okay. Uh, personally, I'd go something red, something smooth, a little bit of depth, yeah. you know, some warmth, kind of fit the mood. Yeah, essentially, basically like jazz music. Like a yeah. red wine is like comparable to yep, jazz smooth, music. smooth, silky. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And I wanted to ask you this, too, about Jazz Week. And, you know, what what do you think that people really enjoy when they get to come <laughs> come out and, uh, you know, see all these performances? Like, um you know, I, I feel like it, it, it feels like something more than Jazz Weekend. Like, it's not just the music that brings people out. It's also, like, the experience itself. Yeah, I think that's the fact that there's so many options. And, and I know this year, I don't know if they've done it in previous years, but having uh, the city map of all the different venues uh, yes. kind of in one place, I think that that's great. It's, it's almost going to be like a, a jazz crawl. Um, where you can <laughs> crawl, you know, like crawl around to the different no well, I'm not physically crawl um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah you could you could almost tour the town and, and not stay at one place uh, and even if you come in and just stand or have you know a, a quick drink somewhere and move to the next spot and uh, I think it, it is becoming bigger than just hey we're doing jazz this weekend it's becoming something that's kind of taking over the city and that's that's awesome i love that about it yeah and i love seeing all the people that come down to first street plaza and get to enjoy mm-hmm. that because you know after that performance is done they kind of disperse out to all the businesses mm-hmm. and 
know, they head over to Vintage 53 or they head over to uh, McNally's right next door. So it's, it's really nice to see that, you know, it really looks like it's, you know, people are enjoying the music, but also just getting to enjoy downtown St. Right. Charles and St. Charles in general with some of the other venues that mm-hmm. we've had this year. So very excited for that. So we'll wrap up here. So thank you to all of our listeners and to Mario for coming in today. You can find out more about Vintage 53 on their website and Facebook, and be sure to stop by there during Jazz Weekend. That's all we have, so we will catch you guys next time on What's Up Downtown.